I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. I'm your host, William Liu, with your update on everything regarding the Raptors and the NBA as it relates to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. First, Norm Powell spoke with reporters in a conference call on Wednesday. Here are a few updates to pass along. One, he's an optimist and he believes that the season will be salvaged, so take that for what it's worth. Uh, Powell, um, two, you know, once he completed two weeks of self-imposed isolation in Toronto, he traveled to his home, his house in Las Vegas, um, you know, partially to be closer to family and also partially because he has more room for his dogs to run around as compared to his condo in Toronto, and I'm sure the weather is nicer in Las Vegas too. And three, Powell is using some of the off time to brush up on his American Sign Language, which he says he first started in college, uh, and that he is also dabbling in a bit of uh, Spanish. So uh, it seems like you know he's following the Nick Nurse route of really making the most of this time to become more cultured. Um, to me, the most interesting part of the call with Powell was hearing about um, his perspective on uh, you know why he had a breakout season this year where you know he doubled his scoring average from 8 to 16 points per game and really locked in a consistent role for himself going forward um, Powell says actually the difference wasn't even anything you know they did in terms of working out or any sort of new drills or coaching or anything like that he really just says it comes down mostly to the mental aspect Powell said quote I always talk about how hard I work, how much time I put into my game and the skill side of it, but really I focus on the mental aspect of the game. Um, you know, not only just with basketball, uh, just the way I approach things with life in general. I think that really helped me stay even keeled and locked in with what, what was thrown my way. And I, I think Powell's, you know, uh, determination and quiet confidence has definitely been the defining part of his breakout season. Um, just sort of, he seems much more mature overall, but just to speak to that mental uh, aspect of it, you know, if you look at the fact that he had a great year, um, but he suffered two injuries that knocked him out for, you know, weeks at a time. And, you know, both times when he returned from injury, the first time Powell got hurt in December, he reeled off five straight games of 20 plus points in scoring when he came back. The second time Powell was hurt, which was in February or at the end of January, um, Powell then responded with another run of five straight games of 20 or more points. And honestly, he probably would have extended that to six if he didn't get hurt uh, in that last game against Utah. Um, you know, and, and by the way, that second time when he came back, he also earned player of the week honors, averaging 28 points per game before the season was called off. So technically, Norman Powell is still your reigning player of the week in the conference of uh, the Eastern Conference. But, you know, if you just contrast that to, you know, before this season, the the pattern with Powell was always that he was super talented. He obviously came up super clutch in many playoff moments, you know, as a rookie in his second year, last year, you know, he's had moments. Um, But the pattern with Powell has always sort of been that 
there would always be something that would come along that sort of, you know, knocked him off his uh, course and really derailed his year. I mean, you know, um, if you look at, for example, when he was a rookie and sophomore, okay, whatever, he surpassed expectations. But, you know, the reason he didn't play wasn't necessarily because of anything else. It was just because the Raptors had DeMar DeRozan, they had Terrence Ross, they had P.J. Tucker, they had Damari Carroll. Those guys were all veterans who, um, it's debatable whether they were better than Norm, but, I mean, you know, you can see why those guys played ahead of him. Uh, and then in 2017, when Norm was supposed to really break out, you know, he signs this four-year, $42 million extension, um, Powell suffers a hip injury, and he loses his starting spot to O.J. Anobi, and, you know, pretty much his whole season, that 2017-18 season, his year gets derailed, doesn't really fit in with the starting lineup, obviously, because they, you know, Dwayne Casey kind of preferred the defense, and Anobi was providing the size, obviously, next to a guy like DeMar DeRozan, you need another a really solid defender to be taking on the assignments um, there. And, you know, in the bench, you know, even though Norm had some good games, it was mostly the bench mob that worked well together. Um, so, you know, it, it it wasn't really a role for Norm that year. So that was kind of a lost year for him. And then when DeMar got shipped out, um, <laughs> there wasn't much more opportunity for Norm because, you know, all of a sudden, you have Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green, two champions, two solid veterans who held down the starting spot from day one, and there was pretty much no chance for Norm to really crack that. Now, if you really watched closely with the Raptors last year, Norm really did improve his game. You know, he was more efficient. I think the addition of Marcus Saul really helped him, uh, and he was showing some signs of pro- progress. But again, because, you know, of the way the Raptors were structured, there wasn't a lot of opportunities for Norm. I mean, he had some great moments uh, against Milwaukee, as he always does, against that, you know, fraud of a team. But, like, it's just... I don't know. I mean, Norm didn't even factor that much into the finals, for example. So, uh, it really came into this year. And if you look at it this year, honestly, the start of the season, um, <laughs> even in training camp and preseason, it, it was there was a debate, at least to us in the media. We thought, okay, well, you know, Danny's gone. It's not a clear option of who should start at two guard. It's going to be one of Fred or Norm. And by the end of training camp, Nick Nurse says, you know what? It's Fred. Fred's my starter. All right, he's going to start at two guard. And, you know, at the start of the year, Norm started out slowly, and you were like, man, is this going to be another lost year for Norm? Is he just never going to make good on his potential? But he really persevered, and he really had a really steady season. I think you saw real maturation in his game. Um, And, you know, even when Fred went down and Norm had to come into a starting spot, he really thrived. Like, in 23 games as a starter this year, Norm was averaging close to 19 points per game, shooting 52% from the field. And this was an aberration on the whole season, even with the sort of stop and start nature of it for Norm due to the injuries. You know, you see Norm finishing the year, or I mean, so far in the year, with like above 50% shooting from the field, you know, 40% from three, uh, and, and, you know, really increasing his scoring efficiency. And he really, really was coming in strong because he started the season a little bit slow, but really since then, he's been almost a threat to give you 20 points a night. Uh, which is just super, super impressive. And, and you know, this focus for Norm has um, has really impressed me this year because Norm also said on the call that he's watching about two hours of film per day. 
specifically focusing on improving some of the small aspects of his game. Uh, you know, he mentioned off-ball defense, you know, and Norm was very self-aware on this, but he said, you know, a lot of times he gets slow to focus on guarding his man, and he doesn't necessarily provide as much help to the rest of the team, and I could see that as well. It's something that's been pointed out, um, and, and Norm is definitely using and watching tape and sort of picking up on spots where he can get better. Um you know, defensively, and I, I think he already did improve defensively this year. By the way, I mean, you look at when he first came back. One of the first assignments he got was, "Hey, go out there and guard Steph Curry," and he did a not he did not bad of a job at it. To be honest, there's a couple of moments this year where I've been really impressed with Norm's defense, especially on the ball, off the ball. Obviously, he's working a little bit, and then the other aspect of the two hours that he's working on is really just figuring out reads offensively. And again, this is an aspect I thought Norm improved a lot on. You know, his finishing, which had been a problem for him early in his career he could get to the rim but he would miss and he wouldn't get to clean shots of the rim now he's finishing so well i mean this year again with the year being what it is in, in the, you know up in the air he was shooting 68 percent between zero and three feet of the rim which is elite elite we're talking like prime Dwayne wade numbers in terms of that efficiency around the basket. And I think, you know, for Norm, not only is it just an improvement in skill, but it really is an improvement in terms of his reads because he's getting to op- more open spots on the floor. He's, um, you know, varying his finishes. He's not always going in for the layup, not always going in for the dunk, but, uh, you know, mixing in a reverse layup, mixing in a little push shot, the floater. Remember when he had that game winner against the Bulls earlier this season? Super forgettable game, whatever. But Norm Powell hit that game winner driving with a little floater moving across his body. And, and that, that sort of, uh, you know, added skill. And, and really, if he can get to the basket and he can shoot threes at a high level, then why can't he be a successful scorer in the in modern NBA? And he's really shown that. So uh, Norm made sure to shout out, uh, you know, assistant coaches Patrick Matumbo and also uh, Adrian Griffin for sending him video and sort of working with him throughout all this stuff. But I've just been really impressed with Powell on the whole season. And the fact that he's taking this time, using it so productively, working so hard to remain ready to, to go whenever the season does start again. Hopefully it does start again. Um It's, it's great. And again, it just really shows a maturation in his part. I, I think he really just hit an age where he's, in his fifth season, it's sort of make or break for him. I mean, there's a great opportunity to play, and he's taken the most of it, and he's really run with it. And, you know, I don't think he's going to win sixth man of the year. I don't think he's going to win most improved player of the year. But he should be in both of those conversations because, I mean, he's been that good this year. And and that's not even propaganda on my part. Uh, also, earlier in the week, Masai Ujiri appeared in a half-hour sit-down with Ernie Johnson of Inside the NBA. Uh, which is just much must watch. I mean, Ernie is a great, uh, you know, interviewer, and Masai obviously is just uh, the dream uh, guest to have on. He's got such an interesting story. Um, you know, one of the things Masai talked about, he was very open and honest about the need for him to repair his relationship with Demar Derozan. Uh, Ujiri said in his, you know, championship press conference, well, you know, <laughs> back happier times when Masai held an hour long championship. Pr- uh, press conference where he said, you know, Liverpool or United, we're going to be the new Reds. I still, I can't believe this this man's confidence when he said that. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, he, you know, in that press conference, Masai talked about how when the Spurs were in town last season, that game where Kawhi stole the ball and and dunked it. Uh, well, I guess Kawhi and Kyle they should get like zero point five steals each, like they, how they split a sack in the NFL. Um, but they stole the ball off Demar and they dunked it and ruined the kind of his return. But in that game, when the Spurs were in town, Demar apparently went into the locker room and gave Masai a hug and asked him about his family. So it seemed like you know things were um, getting better 
Uh, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't. I can't imagine they got any worse. But I just think that you know there's more work to be done. And to be honest, as a Raptor fan, this just hurts because you know Masai and Demar are family, or are family for all Raptor fans. And you don't want to see any family fight. Like it just doesn't. You know, it, it sucks. Really, there's not a side to pick. You just hope that you know this whole thing, um, you know, can can be can be made right. Um, you know, Demar feels like you know he didn't get the respect that uh, he deserved. You know when, um, you know he, uh, you know left the franchise, uh, uh, you know getting sort of blindsided by the trade and you know whatever and whatever and hopefully that pain will eventually be eased, uh, especially if the Raptors sort of, uh, you know rightfully honored Demar by retiring his jersey. Uh, now obviously you know we know why Masai made the move and it was a brilliant one. It's just in terms of basketball, you know it's literally one of the greatest trades in NBA history to go out there and get you know a championship team. Um, and, but it just, you know, it, it just still sucks that it came at DeMar's dispense and that, you know, um, you know, it is what it is, I guess. But, you know, uh, obviously DeMar had a role to play in that too. Like if he was Kawhi's level, then yeah, he probably wouldn't have gotten moved and everything would have been great. I'm sure the Raptors would have rather preferred to win the championship with DeMar and none of this, you know, difficulty must, must have been had. But, um, you know, I, I think, you know, Masai's responsibility was to win and he delivered. And it was a bit ruthless. It was maybe more than a bit ruthless, but you know he had to do what he had to do, and, and he, he got the job done. So um, the good news is that Ujiri and uh, he he says that his relationship with uh, Dwayne Casey is um, better, which is good because obviously um, that was also a very tricky relationship, and and uh, Masai has talked about that as well. But it seems like you know Dwayne's really settled into Detroit, him and his family, and, and sort of gotten over it. So. That's good to know. Um, you know, Messiah said that, you know, he sees Dwayne almost like a dad in a way. So, uh, you know, it's good to hear that relationship is good. You know, Messiah also talked about how him and his family are very close with Kawhi and his family, literally on every level. Um, their partners are close. Their kids are close. It's it's the whole thing. And, you know, whatever. Everyone has a job to do, and Kawhi left. It's fine. Really made my peace with it. Um but, you know, again, you just want to see all these iconic figures getting along. Uh, elsewhere in the NBA, just quickly, a big shout-out to Corey Joseph and Roy Rana for donating face shields for medical personnel in Toronto. Uh, Corey's a legend in this city, obviously, and, uh, you know, he's done so much for Canada basketball. He's always been one of the most loyal to the program. He's sacrificed, uh, and he's really repped for Canada. I mean, he literally came to Toronto and wore number six. Um, shout out Corey, uh, and and of course for Roy Rana, I mean you know he's done so much for the game of basketball in Canada, and it's it's honestly just an incredible story that he's able to jump from the CIS to the NBA. Um, it's just not you don't see that kind of crossover that much, but obviously he did a lot of great things here in Canada, and and you know they're giving back too, so it, it's it's great to see, um, and, and and you know so. That does it for today's update. Please uh, listen to the weekly podcast this week where I created a report card for every Raptors player and sort of went over that with Dan Reynolds of Raptors HQ. It's a long interview. It's it's a long discussion. But look, we touched on every single player. I think I was fair to it, hopefully. Um, but yeah, if you disagree, you can, I don't know, at me or something. Um, please also look for this week's episode of Run It Back, which should be dropping either super late Wednesday night or Thursday for sure. Uh, and then, you know, Oh, also, go watch the Pascal Siakam E60 interview. That thing is really good. I mean, pre- be prepared to be shedding tears. Uh, be prepared to just be... I, I don't know. I mean, it's a very moving story. It's a story that's been told a lot of times. It's a story that, um, 
you know, you're probably already familiar with as a Raptor fan about how, you know, Pascal's father impacted his life and how, you know, his passing has really continued to influence and, and motivate Pascal to drive him towards greater um, heights. But at the same time, I just think it's it's really well done. Obviously, E60, everything, uh, you know, it's it's very just just well done. Lisa Salters is uh, narrating and everything. And I believe you can actually watch that on TSN if you're in Canada. Uh, and if you need a link to that, it's also on my Twitter account, at William underscore Lou, so you can find it there. But, yeah, seriously, be prepared. Just have some tissues nearby or something because, you know, it's it's going to wreck you. Um, and, yeah, so that does it for the podcast. Thanks to everyone for listening. And, everyone, please be safe and consider it out there. Uh, take this thing seriously. And, um, yeah, back later. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work.